I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is the last uh, video of the video teaching series, The Biblical Principles Governing the Eyes. We've talked about a lot of stuff. We've talked about a lot of stuff. But in this last video, I don't want to talk to you about the world and its dangers and the idolatry of covetousness and all that. I want to talk to you about Jesus, just Jesus. I want to talk to you about that. Who we are fellowshipping with will determine who we are seeing and who we're worshiping. David is a personal hero of mine. Uh, from the time I was introduced to David by men of God and the Spirit of God and saw his single-minded focus most of the time on the Lord, uh, I wanted to be like David. I wanted to want God like David wanted God. Uh, so much so that I wanted to name my firstborn son long before I had a wife. I wanted, I knew I was going to name my firstborn son David so that every time I said my son's name, every time I could, uh, I could be reminded of this man who had a heart after God that I wanted one just like it, just like it. So, uh, listen, listen to this. This is just, uh, these words reverberate my mind and spirit so often. And, uh, these are, these are verses maybe, I don't know if you've had it, you've got to memorize, but I've had them memorized a long time and they are very, very, very dear to me and very challenging to me. And that's Psalm 63 verses one and two. Oh God. Thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and a thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. As I've said in a previous video uh, or lesson, David David said on one occasion, uh, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked and I looked at my own troubles and problems, he said my feet had well nigh slipped until I went into the sanctuary. In the sanctuary, he said, I was able to see their latter end. So if we're not careful with our eyes, we can be looking at the wrong thing and we can see the lifestyles of the rich and famous and we can see what they have and we can see how, how good they seemingly have it and all the fun they have and all the stuff they buy and all the places they go and all of that. And it can be a trap to you and I, but if we go into the sanctuary, spend our time in the presence of God, invest in our relationship with him. There we will see it all clearly. We'll see the latter end of where they are and where they're going. David says, no, I want you to notice this. This is really awesome. David says, oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. Does that mean early, long before the problems got out of control, like the, the, the disciples didn't wake Jesus up till the boat was almost sunk? Uh, does that mean early or does it mean early in the morning? Well, there's some other verses. There are other verses that imply it's both of those. 
early in the problem. I give the, as soon as it's a problem, I give it to him. I cast it upon him. I don't wait till I try to figure it out and it doesn't work. The old song, when you've tried everything and everything has failed, try Jesus. I don't agree with that song at all. Try Jesus first. You don't try everything else. The only reason anybody's trying something else until it all fails and then try Jesus is they don't know Jesus. They don't know Jesus. So, uh, uh, when, when, when I, when I read this, uh, oh God, thou art my God early while I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, and dry thirstily in the word of water is. David is in a place where that things are pretty rough. He's there. It's a dry land, and water is necessary for, for, for survival. And he says there's no, no water there. Well, what if he's speaking spiritually there? What if Israel at that time was dry spiritually, and there was no flow of living water in Israel? And what if David is saying, uh, I'm seeking you, and I'm seeking you early. I'm seeking you seeking you now. I'm not waiting till things get so bad that you're the only one that can fix it. You're the only one that can fix it now. I just don't know it yet. Okay? He's the only one that can fix my problems now. I just don't know that yet. The fact that I think I fixed my problems is one of the most deceptive things there is. I don't fix my problems. Okay? So he said early, but also uh, the scripture talks about meeting him early in the day. Or the scripture also says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. First what? In order of time priority. So what time should I pray when I get up? I should pray when I get up. You say, well, it, some have taught, well, it needs to be six in the morning. It needs to be five in the morning. What about those that work a night shift? They don't even get off till six or seven in the morning. So how do you apply the scripture to them? Again, I don't like rules that, that give time, so you've got to pray at this time. I've traveled the world, and uh, what's 6 o'clock here is not 6 o'clock where I was. What's 6 o'clock at home, I w- it wasn't 6 o'clock there. And so when am I supposed to pray there if I'm supposed to play six, uh, pray at 6 o'clock? So for me, for me, the principle is putting first in my day when I, when I get up to start my day. He's supposed to be there. I'm supposed to do that. Supposed to give it all to him first in the day. And so David's saying that. Oh God, thou art my God early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee. My this is the one that literally blows my mind. This is the one's hard to accept and to explain. He said, My flesh longeth for thee. My flesh longs for thee. David's excuse me, Paul said in Romans seven, In me that is in my flesh there dwells no good thing. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? If one of the most spiritual men that's ever existed in the New Testament didn't have flesh that was longing for God, how did David without the Holy Ghost get to that place? That's really, that's, it really is mind-boggling. I, I don't have the ability to explain that unless his flesh had, been, had come so under subjection to his spirit that his Flesh actually had learned to enjoy the spirit. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. But I, 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 I read that verse as the foundation because it is the foundation to the following verse. To see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Now, 
I, I appreciate Bibles in the English language, but the problem is it is very difficult to translate the nuances of another language into our language or any language. So I want to look, I want you to see here. There are two different words translated see here. One is translated to see, the other is translated have seen. They're not the same Hebrew word. They're not the same Hebrew word. Okay? Uh, the first one is to see or perceive, uh, to look at, to see, to regard. Uh, the other one is to mentally to perceive, to contemplate, to have a vision of. To see or behold, to see as a seer in the ecstatic state. So the first one is to see, to look at, to inspect, to perceive, to consider. To to look at with the eyes. To see. The second one is not talking about spiritual, I mean natural sight. It's talking about spiritual sight, really. Spiritual sight. So this is what David was saying. And this is, this is what, uh, this is what's so powerful here. He said, God, you're, you're my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirst land where no water is. I want to see in manifestation with my eyes so that everyone can see your manifestation and of thy power and of your glory in the same manner as I have seen you in the spirit in the sanctuary. I, I, he has spent so much time in, or invested so much time in the presence of God that God had opened his eyes and let him see things, awesome things in the spirit that had not been done. So he is, he, this is what he's thirsty for. He's not thirsty for an answer for himself. He's not thirsty and hungry and whatever, calling on God early to, for, to get God to fix something in his life he wanted that was wrong. He was seeking God early. He was his soul was thirsting after God. His flesh was longing after God. To be able to see in manifestation the power and the glory of God as he had seen it in the spirit in the sanctuary. Now, how are we to see like David did? How are we going to do that? How are we going to get to that place of hunger? that place of desire, that place of passion, only by seeing what God shows us in the sanctuary, then that will produce such a passion that we will pray like David prayed for the whole world to be filled with his glory. In order to see like David did, we must do what David did. He fellowship with God in the sanctuary. He separated himself unto God. An old prophet of God said to me as a young pastor, he said, he, he spoke to me Proverbs 18 and 1. I can hear him say it to this day, and it's been decade after decade. It's probably been 40 plus years ago, 45 years ago even. Through desire, a man having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. It, it, you understand what the problem is with all this entertainment available to us? Even if I don't watch anything I shouldn't watch, it's the amount of time 
time. You know, yeah, there are two or three minute videos out there, but we have a tendency to watch a half hour, an hour or two hours of those one minute, two minute videos. It's time. And I cannot watch all that stuff and fellowship with the Lord unless it's ministry. And that's the hope with this sitting here in this studio and teaching these lessons is the hope that somebody will invest the time to be ministered to. But what if it, what if I'm not using this technology to be ministered to or for the body of Christ to be ministered to or to be used in a small group someplace or whatever where we can watch it and then pray and, and, and discuss it? What if that's the case? What if that's the case? What about that? Then I'll say this to you. We're never going to see what David saw, and we're never going to be a part of the manifestation of it where everybody can see. Through desire. That's what David had was desire. Oh, God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Through desire, a man having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. I can fellowship with God. I can fellowship with the knowledge of God. I can fellowship with the wisdom of God. I can fellowship with the understanding of God. I can fellowship with God. He will show me what he has planned. He will show me what he wants to do. He, can sh- he will show me how he'd like to use me if I'd let him. He'll show me all that. But I'm not going to see that if I don't invest time seeking the Lord. Not gonna, it's not going to happen. Now, this this whole thing through desire, man having separated himself. I love people. I love my wife. I love my children. I got friends I enjoy being with. But hear me right now: you will never get where God wants you to go if you have to have people. If you have to have people around you all the time, you will never get there. You will never get there. It will not happen. It will not happen. It will not happen. You have got to be willing to be separated. You've got to be willing to be separated. You've got to be willing to be separated. You've got to be willing to be alone with God. You got to be alone with God. I don't, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be crude here in any way. And certainly not to disrespect my wife. But I, I don't know, I don't, thankfully, I don't personally know anybody, any husband and wife that want to be intimate in public and put on show. I don't want to do that. So the, the truest intimacy that I can have with God is, uh, is when we're separated from him. When the body comes together and he's in the midst and we can shut everything else out and we let him talk to us and help us. That is so amazing. But then, when we uh, when we go beyond that, when we go beyond that, when we also personally by ourselves separate ourselves unto Him, so He can talk to us and deal with us and instruct us, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the thing: you and I need to know the Lord God, our Father, is more than willing to show us the things of His kingdom. We don't have to talk Him into that. If, but if we are to see the things that God is willing to show us, we must be willing to fe- give ourselves to fellowshipping with him and not this world. So to close out this video series, 
this teaching series. And to close out this lesson, these are the scriptures that I have felt led to use to end all this. Uh, I would love to take the time to read the first five verses, but I'm not going to of 1 Corinthians 2. I'm going to start with verse 6 because that's what we're talking about, seeking and intermeddling with all wisdom. Seeking and intermeddling with all wisdom. So, and of course, James says, if any lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth all men, who giveth all men liberty and upbraideth not. So, but we got to ask faith. We've talked about that. We can't be double-minded, which comes from being double-spirited, double-vision, double-minded, double-spirit. Okay, so uh, we're talking about wisdom now. Wisdom. Anybody, anybody lack wisdom, they can ask of God, and uh, uh, God wants us to have His wisdom. His wisdom. So, First Corinthians chapter two, verse six. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew. The hidden wisdom. The hidden wisdom. It's not mysterious. It's not unexplainable. It's not impossible to understand. But the word mystery means that which is hidden or concealed. So we speak the wisdom of God that has been concealed. It's hidden wisdom before the foundation of the world. But we are the people According to the word of God, we are the people. This is the time, this is the place when God wants to pull the cover off this wisdom for us. Not for the whole world, for us. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. Because if the princes of this world and the God of this world that's over those princes... If they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They would have known that was the worst thing they could have possibly done, but they didn't know. They didn't know. But as it is written, verse 9, oh my, 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 my. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. I, I, I don't know about you. I can't speak for you. I, I, I hope that we are in tune on this. But verse nine and verses nine and ten are such a challenge to me. They are such a challenge, a personal challenge to me. I hath not seen up to this point. Ear is not heard up to this point. Neither is entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared. Out past tense, they're prepared. They're already prepared for them that love Him. And we go, well, oh, well, okay. I, it's all hidden and I can't know it. But it didn't stop there. But that's a conjunction that joins joins what's about to be said with what was just said. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So, if I want to see what I hadn't seen yet, and hear what ear hadn't heard yet, and I want my heart to perceive what hearts haven't perceived yet, I have to 
separate myself and invest time in the presence of Jesus, talking to him and listening to him and fellowshipping with him and growing in grace and in the knowledge of him, letting him give me that wisdom he promised. I want wisdom. I want the wisdom of God. I want to separate myself and seek and intermeddle with his wisdom. Not the wisdom of this world. Not the stuff that's intellectually gained. I want to seek the wisdom of God. I want to know the wisdom of God. The scripture goes on. For what man knoweth the things of a man? Save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man. But the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of this world but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now, I'm going to read this two times. The last of it, I'm going to read it. uh, First of all, from Weiss. There is a wisdom, however, which we are in the habit of speaking among those who are spiritually mature but not a wisdom of this present age or even a wisdom of the rulers of this age who are in the process of being liquidated. But we speak God's wisdom in the form of a mystery, long hidden but now revealed and understandable. That wisdom which has been kept secret, which God foreordained before the ages with a view to our glory. Which wisdom... Not one of the rulers of this age has known in an experiential way. For had they known it, in that case, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But even as it stands written, the things which I did not see, nor ear hear, nor, and which did not arise within an individual's heart, so many things as God prepared for those who love him. For to us, God the Father revealed them through the immediate agency of his Spirit. For the Spirit is constantly exploring all things, even the deep things of God. For who is there of men who knows uh, the things of the individual person except the human spirit of that aforementioned individual which is in him? In the same manner, manner also, the things of God no one has known except the Spirit of God. But as for us, not the spirit of the world system did we receive, but the spirit who is of God, in order that we might come to know the things which by God has been in grace bestowed upon us, the King James, which are freely given to us of God. So he not only is willing to reveal them to us, they are freely given. Why don't we all have them? Because we all haven't been willing to make the commitment to have them. Because we have too much to do. We have too much social media to do. We have too much uh, uh, internet to surf. We've got too many videos to watch. On and on and on and on. Verse 13 from the uh, Weiss translation. Which things also we put into words, not in words taught by human philosophy, but in words taught by the Spirit. Fitly joined together, Spirit-revealed truths with Spirit-taught words. But the unregenerate man of the highest intellectual attainments does not grant access to the things of the Spirit of God. For to him they are folly, and he is not able to come to know them 
because they are investigated in a spiritual realm. Wow, 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 wow. Does that nail it down and make it very, very clear? But the spiritual man investigates indeed all things, but he himself is not being probed by anyone. For who has come to know experientially the Lord's mind? He who will instruct him. But as for us, Christ's mind we have. Wow. And one last one, the Bible in basic English. But still we have wisdom for those who are complete in knowledge. Though not the wisdom of this world, not of the rulers of this world, who are coming to nothing. But we give the news of the secret wisdom of God, which he had kept in store before the world came into existence for our glory, of which not one of the rulers of this world had knowledge. For if they had, they would not have put the Lord on of glory on the cross. But as he says in the holy writings, these things which the eye had saw not, and which had not come to the ears or into the heart of man, such things as God has made ready for those who love him, who have love for him. But God has given us the spirit of revelation of these things through his spirit. For the spirit makes search into all things, even the deep things of God. For who has knowledge of these things of a man but the spirit of man which is in him? In the same way, no one has knowledge of these things but God these these things of God, but the Spirit of God. But we have not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which comes from God, so that we may have knowledge of the things which are freely given to us by God. And these are the things which we say, not in the language of man's wisdom, but in words given to us by the Spirit, judging the things of the Spirit by the help of the Spirit. For the natural man is not able to take in the things of the Spirit of God, for they seem foolish to him. And he is not able to have knowledge of them because such knowledge comes only through the Spirit. For he who has the Spirit through judging all things is himself judged by no one. For who has the knowledge of the mind of the Lord so so as to be his teacher? But we have the mind of Christ. I do want to conclude with one more verse, one more passage of Scripture. Because this passage of scripture ties it all together and it's actually a prayer. And it's a prayer that Paul is praying for the Ephesians church and it's a prayer that I'm praying for you and for myself and for the church today in Jesus' name. It is Ephesians chapter 1 beginning with verse 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. And this is what I'm praying for you, Paul is saying. That, that this would happen for this account, for this reason, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. For three, for three things. First of all, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened so you can see. And what is it he, Paul prayed for us to be able to see? that ye might know what is the hope of his calling, that we might know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints, and that we might know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead 
and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Paul prayed for us, and I pray for you and for myself and for your church and our church and for the body of Christ and the earth. That we, that God would grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So that the eyes of our understanding could be opened and enlightened. So that we might know the certainty of the hope of His calling. That we might know His motives for all of this. What He is getting out of this. The riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And finally, that we might know the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. And then he explains how great that power is, and he wants us to know that. And I pray you would know that, and I would know that, and the church of the living God of the earth would know this. According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Well, he raised other people from the dead, but that's not where, that's not the limit of the extent of his power. He, he raised him up and set Christ on his own right hand in heavenly places. And Christ has become the visible representation of the invisible God for eternity. There's only one throne in heaven. There's only one sitting on that throne and there's only one we can see. That's the image of the invisible God, the man Christ Jesus, who is now the only visible representation of the eternal God forever. And he set him at his own right hand, a place, the place of eternal authority over everything in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. How about let's say it this way. Not only in the world to come, but in this world, right here, right now. And we need the revelation of what's available to us right here, right now. What kind of, what is it that we need to know? He's far above all principality of power and might and dominion. And has put all things under his feet. Well, we are his body. So the only feet he's got is our feet. Has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. So he is the head of the church. He's the head of the body. And he's put all things under the feet of the body. Because the body is his fullness, the fill, the body is his fullness, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. This is what God has requested, desired for you and I. And if we would separate ourselves through desire so that we could seek and intermeddle with all wisdom, he will open our eyes, our hearts, our minds, our spirit, our lives to all of this. And then we can become all that he would have us to be in the earth. So that's why Paul finished his discussion that was in these first three chapters because everything changed at the end of chapter 3. This is the way he concluded it. This is the will of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, that power that we got revelation of, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus and the body of Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray these things be so in your life, in my life, in this, your church's life, in our church's life, and in the body of Christ's life in the earth that we might become fully all that he would have us to do. 
Thank you for completing this video series. May God use it to bless you and help you to walk with him in a manner that's pleasing to him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.